0: chapter five of the border legion by zane gray this librivox recording is in the public domain kells strolled there a black silent shadow plodding with bent head as if all about and above him were demons and furies joan's perceptions of him of the night of the inanimate and imponderable black walls and of herself were exquisitely and abnormally keen she saw him there bowed under his burden gloomy and wroth and sick with himself because the man in him despised the coward men of his stamp were seldom or never cowards their lives did not breed cowardness or baseness joan knew the burning in her breast that thing which inflamed and swept through her like a wind of fire was hate. Yet her heart held a grain of pity for him. She measured his forbearance, his struggle against the monstrous cruelty, and passion engendered by a wild life among wild men at a wild time. And considering his opportunities of the long hours and lonely miles, she was grateful, and did not in the least underestimate what it cost him how different from bill or holloway he had been but all this was nothing and her thinking of it useless unless he conquered himself she only waited holding on to that steel-like control of her nerves motionless and silent she leaned back against her saddle a blanket covering her with wide-open eyes and despite the presence of that stalking figure and the fact of her mind being locked around one terrible An inevitable thought she saw the changing beautiful glow of the fire logs and the cold pitiless stars and the mustering shadows under the walls she heard too the low rising sigh of the wind in the balsam and the silvery tinkle of the brook and sounds only imagined or nameless yet a stern and insupportable silence weighed her down the dark canyon seemed at the ends of the earth she felt encompassed by illimitable and stupendous upflung mountains insulated in a vast dark silent tomb kell suddenly came to her treading noiselessly and he leaned over her his visage was a dark blur but the posture of him was that of a wolf about to spring lower he leaned slowly and yet lower Joan saw the heavy gun swing away from his leg. She saw it black and clear against the blaze. A cold blue light glinted from its handle. And then Kells was near enough for her to see his face and his eyes that were but shadows of flames. She gazed up at him steadily, open-eyed, with no fear or shrinking. His breathing was quick and loud. He looked down at her for an endless moment, then straightening his bent form he resumed his walk to and fro after that for joan time might have consisted of moments or hours each of which was marked by kells looming over her he appeared to approach her from all sides he round her wide-eyed sleepless his shadowy glance gloated over her lithe slender shape and then he strode away into the gloom sometimes She could no longer hear his steps, and then she was quiveringly alert, listening, fearful that he might creep upon her like a panther. At times he kept the campfire blazing brightly, and at others he let it die down. And these dark intervals were frightful for her. The night seemed treacherous, in league with her foe. It was endless. She prayed for dawn, yet with a blank hopelessness, for what the day might bring could she hold out through more interminable hours would she not break from sheer strain there were moments when she wavered and shook like a leaf in the wind when the beating of her heart was audible when a child could have seen her distress there were other moments when all was ugly unreal impossible like things in a nightmare but when kells was near or approached to look at her and like a cat returned to watch a captive mouse, she was again strong, waiting, with ever a strange and cold sense of the nearness of that swinging gun. Late in the night she missed him, for how long she had no idea. She had less trust in his absence than his presence. The nearer he came to her, the stronger she grew, and the clearer of purpose. At last the black void of canyon lost its blackness, and turned to grey. Dawn was at hand. The horrible endless night, in which she had aged from girl to woman, had passed. Joan had never closed her eyes a single instant. When day broke, she got up. The long hours, in which she had rested motionlessly, had left her muscles cramped and dead. She began to walk off the feeling. Kells had just stirred from his blanket under the balsam tree. His face was dark, haggard, lined. She saw him go down to the brook and plunge his hands into the water and bathe his face with a kind of fury. Then he went up to the smoldering fire. There was a gloom, a sombreness, a hardness about him that had not been noticeable the day before. Joan found the water cold as ice, soothing to the burn beneath her skin. She walked away then, aware that Kells did not appear to care, and went up to where the brook brawled from under the cliff. This was a hundred paces from camp, though in plain sight. Joan looked round for her horse, but he was not to be seen. She decided to slip away the first opportunity that offered, and on foot or horseback, anyway, to get out of Kells's clutches, if she had to wander lost in the mountains till she starved. Possibly the day might be endurable, but another night would drive her crazy. She sat on a ledge, planning and brooding, till she was startled by a call from Kells. Then slowly she retraced her steps. "'Don't you want to eat?' he asked. "'I'm not hungry,' she replied. "'We'll eat anyhow, if it chokes you,' he ordered. Joan seated herself while he placed food and drink before her. She did not look at him, and did not feel his gaze upon her. Far asunder, as they had been yesterday, the distance between them today was incalculably greater. She ate as much as she could swallow, and pushed the rest away. Leaving the campfire, she began walking again, here and there, aimlessly, scarcely seeing what she looked at. There was a shadow over her, an impending, portent, of catastrophe a moment standing dark and sharp out of the age-long hour she leaned against the balsam and then she rested in the stone seat and then she had to walk again it might have been long that time she never knew how long or short there came a strange flagging sinking of her spirit accompanied by vibrating restless uncontrollable muscular activity Her nerves were on the verge of collapse it was then that a call from kells clear and ringing thrilled all the weakness from her in a flash and left her limp and cold she saw him coming his face looked amiable enough bright against what seemed a vague and veiled background like a mountaineer he strode and she looked into his strange gray glance to see unmasked the ruthless power the leaping devil the ungovernable passion she had sensed in him he grasped her arm and with a single pull swung her to him you've got to pay that ransom he handled her as if he thought she resisted but she was unresisting she hung her head to hide her eyes then he placed an arm around her shoulders and half led half dragged her towards the cabin Joan saw with startling distinctness the bits of balsam and pine at her feet and the pale pink daisies in the grass and then the dry withered boughs she was in the cabin. Girl, I'm hungry for you, he breathed hoarsely and turning her toward him he embraced her as if his nature was savage and he had to use a savage force. If Joan struggled at all, it was only slightly when she writhed and slipped like a snake to get her arm under his as it clasped her neck then she let herself go he crushed her to him he bent her backward tilted her face with hard and eager hands like a madman with hot working lips he kissed her she felt blinded scorched but her purpose was as swift and sure and wonderful as his passion was wild the first reach of her groping hand found his gun belt swift as light her hand slipped down her fingers touched the cold gun grasped with thrill on thrill slipped farther down strong and sure to raise the hammer then with a leaping strong intensity that matched his own she drew the gun she raised it while her eyes were shut she lay passive under his kisses the devouring kisses of one whose manhood had been denied the sweetness the glory the fire the life of a woman's lips it was a moment in which she met his primitive fury of possession with a woman's primitive fury of profanation she pressed the gun against his side and pulled the trigger a thundering muffled hollow boom the odor of burned powder stung her nostrils Kell's hold on her tightened convulsively loosened with strange lessening power she swayed back free of him still with tight shut eyes a horrible cry escaped him a cry of mortal agony it wrenched her and she looked to see him staggering amazed stricken at bay like a wolf caught in cruel steel jaws his hands came away from both sides dripping with blood They shook till the crimson drops splattered on the wall, on the bows. Then he seemed to realize, and he clutched at her with these bloody hands. "'God Almighty!' he panted. "'You shot me! You, you, girl, you she-cat! You knew all the time, you she-cat! Give me that gun!' "'Kells, get back! I'll kill you!' she cried. The big gun outstretched between them began to waver kells did not see the gun in his madness he tried to move to reach her but he could not he was sinking his legs sagged under him led him down to his knees and but for the wall he would have fallen then a change transformed him the black turgid convulsed face grew white and ghastly with beads of clammy sweat and lines of torture His strange eyes showed swiftly passing thought, wonder, fear, scorn, even admiration. "'Joan, you've done for me,' he gasped. "'You've broken my back. It'll kill me. Oh, the pain, the pain. And I can't stand pain. You, you, girl, you innocent seventeen-year-old girl, you that couldn't hurt any creature, you so tender, so gentle. Bah, you fooled me.' the cunning of a woman i ought to know a good woman's more terrible than a bad woman but i deserve this once i used to be only the torture why didn't you kill me outright joan randall watch me die since i had to die by rope or bullet i'm glad you-you did for me man or beast i believe-i loved you joan dropped the gun and sank beside him helpless, horror-stricken, wringing her hands. She wanted to tell him she was sorry, that he drove her to it, that he must let her pray for him. But she could not speak, her tongue clove to the roof of her mouth, and she seemed strangling. Another change, slower and more subtle, passed over Kells. He did not see Joan, he forgot her. The white shaded out of his face, leaving a gray, like that, of his somber eyes spirit sense life were fading from him the quivering of a racked body ceased and all that seemed left was a lonely soul groping on the verge of the dim borderland between life and death presently his shoulders slipped along the wall and he fell to lie limp and motionless before joan then she fainted End of chapter 5